Hey, season one, episode nine, Slaufeg Radio. Radio. This is Adrian. Oh, we're back. And Mike, hi. Hi. Uh, Getting through this quarantine time by uh, listening to records and talking about them and just... Uh, grooving out with some psychedelic blues, man, on the Hammond B3. Once again, if you want to submit any... Um, Anything for us to listen to, you can feel free to send it to our P.O. Box, Lord Weird Slaufeg, P.O. Box 191301, San Francisco, California, yeah, yeah. But none of, that, none of that sucky goth emo stuff, you know, all that emo crust you guys have been sending us. Like, we don't need any more of that, man. Come on. No all right. emo crust. I don't gaze at my shoes or whatever they call that stuff. Emo crust? Yeah, or whatever. I don't know. That stuff that sounds like, uh, you know, kind of noisy stuff where the, the singer sounds like John Mayer or something. Maybe that's not emo crust. I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. What is this that we're going to listen to right now, Mike? It's some psychedelic blues from 1970. Don't give it away. Play it, man. Thank you. 
good stuff there, man. That was uh, Elf, right? Yeah, that was Elf. Ronnie, uh, Ronald Patavona. It's the first Elf record. Some of you are probably familiar with that. Dixie Lee Junction. Um, and uh, those two songs we just played back to back. There was that was Dio and Elf, and then the, before that was was another rock star before he was famous, and that was a band called Attila. And I'm sure plenty of you have heard about that as well. It's Billy Joel's. Uh, it's not his, certainly not his first band, but that uh, that was uh, that song was called "Burn This Castle Down." I think. Uh, if I'm correct, let me see here. Uh, yeah, the uh, Elf, uh, no, excuse me, the, the Attila song, the first song we just played, Tear This Castle Down by Tear the Castle Attila. Down. And for those of you who don't know, or have not, I, a lot of people do at this point know about the Attila album, but if for some reason you don't, it was put out in 70, or is it 69 or 70? I can't remember. And that was sort of the seminal album that, you know, Billy Joel was in a bunch of bands that were like, some of them were sort of like, 60s band, some of them were a little heavier. Attila was the heaviest thing he did, and it was just him. It was just Billy Joel on a uh, keyboard, on a uh, Hammond B3 organ, and a drummer. That's all you heard. That's all that was that you just heard, as heavy as that is. And it's not, not definitely not the heaviest song on that record. So for some reason you haven't heard Attila, you should check it out. You were um, the one. You were the one who introduced me to that actually, like yeah, 20 I, years ago or something. Yeah. We, we were. Um, it, I think it was one of those things where we were going somewhere in a van. Well, yeah. And we all brought CDs to listen to and yeah, stuff. And you were like, oh, this is Matilla. And I was like, what? And then you explained it all to me. And ever since then, I thought it was pretty cool. Well, you, it's funny because you play it for people and they go, this is fucking awesome, man. This rules. It's all fucking. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like, you know who that is? And they're like, it sounds familiar. And you're like, that's yeah, Billy Joel, dude. Like, it's before he tried to, like, he tried to kill himself a few times back in the early 70s because he was, like, kind of failing to make it big and he was struggling and kind of homeless and stuff like that in Long Island. Tin Pan Alley wasn't paying the bills, man. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I know this because I've read biography, you know, but he was like, um, it, apparently when he was making that Attila record, or I, he made that he made that record and then the, him and the keyboard, the, the, excuse me, him and the, it was just keyboard and drums, the drummer and him broke up. And then he was living, uh, he was sleeping in laundromats in Long Island. Ooh. And doing all sorts of drugs. And then he finally like moved back into his mom's house or something. And he decided to kill himself. This is kind of a famous story about Billy Joel. He tried to kill himself by drinking uh, Pledge, like furniture polish. And he talks about it. You know, He's like, oh, yeah, I tried to kill myself because you know, I had these bands that didn't make it anywhere. And they were kind of weird. And then I was just like sleeping in laundromats. I was so destitute. So I finally went back to my mom's house and, and decided just to end it all. So I opened up the the kitchen cat or the bathroom whatever it was the the bathroom uh, uh, mirror thing and and I uh, and I got a bottle of pledge out and I thought well this is, says do not swallow you may die so I just drank <laughs> I drank the whole thing and nothing happened except I got really sick and like just you know farted a bunch of like pine smelling farts or something you know and then that was such a ridiculous thing you know he he was so like oh my god he he put himself in a in a um, mental health facility he checked himself in oh, he saying checked himself in. he was like oh i can't I'm, I'm going crazy i tried to kill myself and then he spent like a couple weeks in there and then realized wait a second i'm not really insane i was just suicidal once you hang out with all those people <laughs> yeah I get, that's no that was it because there were people who were really crazy in there yeah. he was like oh i was just doing too much acid or something so then he got out 
And then he wrote Cold Spring Harbor and made like you know his first pop album, and then the re- and suddenly within like a couple of years he was making hits. It's insane. <laughs> so so you, you want to make it big in music, <laughs> drink so, some pledge. <laughs> so you read the the autobiography about Billy Joel. Have you read any of the? I books? did not read the autobiography. Oh, you didn't. I just re- I read some. I didn't even. Re- I read this cheesy little. Remember when you used to get books about rock stars like that were like these little there were like series of them little paperback yeah I, pocket, I read one of those when I was like you know whatever <laughs> yeah yeah I never read actual any autobiography of Billy Joel I um I read a book by the producer that did all the Billy Joel albums the the famous ones um what was that guy's name um, Phil Ramone Phil Ramone yeah yeah so that's I, the I read his book <laughs> yeah, yeah and his book is really interesting he talks about half the book is about billy joel i'm sure because like that's you, the, like, like one you should totally read his book well billy joel's insane but um, i, mean, I was really nuts if there's any other like biographies about billy joel well there's of course there are because i like to read the autobiography and then i like to read like oh, yeah, of the course. one that somebody else Dip, wrote oh no i do too that you know? when i read then you yeah. can compare and contrast yeah like all the um all the kiss books like all four of them. Oh, have, they're all these have, different stories. Yeah, all different they, versions. Yeah, of the, yeah they yeah, all yeah. have different versions of the same. And then that story. night, Ace came in and did this. It's like, nah, nah, nah. yeah, and then it's yeah. like, no, Gene came in and he was doing. You know. yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, it's all BS. No, Bill, of course, there's like a thousand books about Billy Joel, probably, but I mean, um, yeah, Maybe there's one so day many, when like, the library opens again, we'll go check that out. You go get the Billy Joel collection, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and start talking about Billy Joel all the time. Totally, just some great. research. Well, we almost encountered him in the studio that one time at, at Hyde Street. Almost. We're about five blocks from oh here. Oh, my gosh. We were on tour. Yeah. We, were, we were driving off to go. We were with Ruben, I think. We were driving off to go to wherever, like just some, some you know, some like U.S. tour and thing. Justin called? Yeah. He's like, you got to turn around and come back. Why? Billy Joel's in here, man. I'm like, what? He's like, he's doing a Christmas song. It was probably with Harry, actually. It was probably that November tour we did because he was in there oh. doing it. Maybe because he was in there doing a Christmas song well, christmas songs they always do in july you know what you're right it might not yeah, yeah you're right they would never oh, what am i thinking they would never do that in november yeah you're right what is that uh, that's lovely trinkets trinkets i got a brick a brag over there some yeah. tchotchkes brick a brag anyway, we could talk about billy joe all day but we, we, well, we, well i'm gonna do my long island i'm gonna, island I'm gonna do like my uh, yeah, research yeah. and read some uh, billy joe obscure um, stories on documentation yeah, yeah. There's got to be some good stuff. I just like the one about how he ran his car into that woman's house. That's like the coolest. Like in the 90s, he got busted a bunch of times. For Well, he got busted. He got, I mean, I don't think on Long Island, like I don't think Billy Joel could actually get arrested. It's like, it's like, it's like a cop, you know, who's going to arrest. Yeah, not in New York or New Jersey. Yeah, who's going to arrest Springsteen in Jersey? You know, yeah, no way. Yeah, He's no driving way. drunk and insane yeah. and has, you know, whatever, like Teenage prostitutes girls with him. No, yeah, no, he was like. <laughs> It's the boss, man. Yeah, just get out of Come on, come on, come on. Go home. Yeah, you know? yeah. So Billy Joel ran his, he was drinking and driving all the time, and he uh, came around some corner or something in like some, you know, some hot Maserati or whatever, and he went, he went up the curb and flew right into, you know this story, right? Flew uh-huh. right into someone's living room, and it was way late at night, or it was, you know, it was late at night. And he was wasted. Inappropriate. And he just, yeah, it was inappropriate that he did that. That he went, yeah, you know, his car, he literally crashed like a Ferrari or a Maserati, some badass car, um, through the front, like, windows and into, the, like, the, the, the hood of the car was in the living room of some old woman who was asleep. Oh, my God. And she, like, got up and came downstairs and, like, Billy Joel's in her living room with this car. Like, hey, sorry. <laughs> And I he know, didn't what, get it. No, yeah. He, what do you say? What, what do you say? I, 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 You're I, like, hey, like, Billy yeah, Joel, what's happening, man? I don't. So he got. He was drunk, you know, obviously, and he and he didn't get 
chart press chart. He, he of course he gave her like a huge sum of money. I'm sure. Yeah, he fixed her house. I'm sure. And then uh, um, he went to rehab. So he just go, oh, I'm going to rehab. But the excuse he gave was like was like a. Not, I mean, it wasn't an excuse, but they're like, well, what were you doing at like, you know, 1 a.m. driving all drunk? Like, he's like, oh, I, I was going to pick up a pizza. <laughs> and it's like, why does Billy Joel have to pick up a pizza? Because he can't, he doesn't want to pay the delivery. Yeah, cost. yeah, right. Yeah. Like, no way. There's no way that happened. Like, he was going to get some cocaine or something or whatever. Oh, you know, but anyway, yeah, it's pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of awesome, uh, Portugal was awesome. We've played in Portugal before, and it was really cool. And uh, some good salmon there. Yeah, made and, some friends. And they had the best cheese in Portugal. Man, yeah. I, the when we went there and we went out to some restaurant. In Lisbon, yeah. Yeah, and um, man, the cheese that we had for two days was in these little tiny packages, and it was amazing. But uh, from Portugal, we, we should go back because my friend actually owns to. two houses there. Oh, dude. No, I'm serious. She's Let's like, you want to go to it, Portugal man. and stay one of my <laughs> Let's go quarantine in Portugal. Man. No, I know. I know. She, no, I, I'm serious. We could do that. <laughs> Damn. Quarantine in Portugal. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, when we do, we'll hang out with Ravenshire. Uh, Ravenshire is a band that's uh, also on Cruz del Sur. They're our label mates. This is um, off of their record, uh, 2016, on Cruz del Sur Records. The record is called The Cycle Never Ends. This song is called Cromlech Revelation. Yeah. And that's Ricardo, from uh, who used to be in the band we played last time from Portugal, um, Iron Sword, right? Yeah, he was yeah, a Ricardo's band. Iron yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's an archaeologist, by the way, Ricardo. Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, fun yeah. fact. <laughs> fun fact. Okay, this is really He's a smart guy. <laughs>
right, that was some uh, Legionnaire. Legionnaire, uh, the record is called Dawn of Genesis. The song is called Clairvoyance, released, uh, looks like, on Gates of Hell Records in uh, 2017, it looks like. And uh, this band, Legionnaire, is from Finland. We, uh, I think that's where I got this CD when we played in Finland. We... Uh, we did a gig in Helsinki, <coughs> and I had been um, I've been trying to get us to Helsinki for years. I've been in touch with several people for probably like the better part of a decade trying to get us over there. And finally, when the stars aligned uh, a few years ago, uh, what was that, 2018? We yeah. did that? We were in I Finland, so. and uh, I think that's where I got this CD. And, uh, and man, I'd love to go back there again. Oh, you mean like? The band's from Finland. The band is from Finland. And you got their CD in, in Finland. Finland. Oh, yes. man. What a coincidence. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're like, a, yeah, remember we showed up there and there's, guys, they, there's a lot of hippie chicks in Finland. It's weird. Did you expect to and see hippie hippies dudes. all over the place? Yeah. That guy in the Scooby Doo van. No, I know. Us up Why? From the I airport. know. That we was got awesome. picked up. We got picked up on the Malibu Beach crew or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Scooby Doo. It, like it was like a Scooby Doo van with like plush carpet. Yeah, and what everything. was like, what? What is up with the hippies in Finland? Like, why are there? Like, uh, it's weird. I did meet a lot of hippies when they were all smoking huge joints back there too, man. When I rode like, my bicycle through the the archipelago. Oh yeah, we hung out in Finland. I met or a you bunch did. of hippies. I didn't. No, no, I, I just remember that weird hotel. Those weird elevators. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, uh, that was a very um, very Soviet era. It, well, I, I seemed like it. I w that's really weird that you mentioned that because I was thinking about that exact that elevator earlier today. I don't know why. I just had this image come through my head of of me and Jeff Griffin in that elevator. I don't know what it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, that was a yeah, that was a weird. It, it was. It seemed. I mean, it seems Soviet or or yeah, that's Bolshevik or something. Yeah, the Russians built a. Oh big yeah, that's part right. Because yeah, that's right. That's right. It's right, it's I never right even, next to there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. It, wait. Did the Nazis take Finland too, or just no? Uh, no, you I sure? No, I don't think the Nazis took no, Finland. No, no, they took um, they took Norway. Yeah, yeah. They took Norway, and I think they Maybe they didn't. They go, took I don't know. Denmark, I think. Yeah, no, I I, I can't believe I don't know the answer to this. Yeah. I should know my history. But then the Norwegians, uh, they fought they fought them off. So like yeah. the, like the Nazis came in and the Norwegians fought them off. It was a there was a big underground movement. I went to some museum in uh, in. Um, Oslo about that stuff, but um, but man, Finland, I loved it so much. And yes, there's a lot of hippies there because yeah, I man. went on a I went on a 10 day bicycle tour through all the islands off the coast, and I met a bunch of weird hippie people. Man, you know. Yeah, that was one of the best shows of that tour. Maybe the best show of that tour was Finland. We just played there once, uh, Helsinki. Yeah. And you know, I gotta say, one of the cool things about that show was that the lights on the stage. They were not LED lights. They were like, like, like regular um, um, incandescent like light lights. bulbs. Or yeah, or? light bulbs. They were not LEDs, so they were super hot. Oh, I remember it was hot up there. Yeah, but I didn't know that was why. Yeah, right? and when the when the lights were like really shining on us, it was like it super, was hot. It was yeah, like super, that. like just. But totally it was such a such a ripping show that yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah it was because most venues these days have the LED lights that don't generate yeah. any heat. I guess so. Well, that makes so sense, especially in the summer. Wasn't that in the summer? Yeah, it was in the summer of 2018. Uh, yeah, it was in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And that guy showed up. I can't remember his name, and tr and offered to to have me write a, a, a to um, 
author a role-playing game scenario for his role-playing game. And did you, what did you do? No, I, I, I wrote like a draft and sent it to him, and then it just nothing ever happened. I don't know why. It was weird. Yeah, I, he would. It's the guy from uh, Lamentation of the Flame Princess. I I didn't never. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. whether I met him before or not, but he's going to give me this advance for it. And I said, well, wait, why don't we just talk when I get home? And you know, and then I wrote this thing. Uh, I wrote this fantasy role playing. He wanted to do this fantasy role playing game scenario, and I wrote part of it out it, about really weird stuff. And uh, I don't know what happened, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, but that was in Finland. Yeah. It was <laughs> So speaking of that uh, lamentation of the flame princess thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, what, 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 what was that? It was like a zine, right? A it was a zine a long time ago, a really popular underground uh, zine in the nineties. Yeah, everybody was. Wait, did you know about that back then? Well, um, when I first joined, no, so yeah, you knew about it. Throughout. When I first met you and uh, and Greg and John, um, you gave me a copy of Down Among the Dead Men. Yeah, and you were like, "Oh, it's my band. Check it out." You know. And then well, um, I was like, oh, "This is my band." As you were trying out for the yeah, band, this yeah. is my band. Check yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and I did some research online, and, and he saw Lamentation of the, Lamentation yeah, of the yeah, Flame yeah. Princess came up, and they did a really good, comprehensive yeah. article. Well, he's insanely smart, that guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it was a, it was like the most comprehensive yeah. data that I could find. He's on a total Slough scholarly uh, metal, you know. And uh, I saved uh, it. So I saved the the website okay, that I yeah, found yeah. somewhere. I, I have it on a hard drive. Yeah. And um, but it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Talking to him about that game, I thought uh, he was so educated about the period that he wanted it in and everything. He was so articulate. I thought I felt stupid. He was like, he was like, well, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was cool, but he was like, well, I want it to take place in this, or you know, maybe you should make it take place in the. Uh, some like the mid to late 1600s in like a a um, monastery, and then I thought well, the name of the rose. That's not in the 1600s, but uh, I said, oh, so it'd be during sort of, and it clicked in my mind like when I said, because you know I, I've lectured about this stuff, and he thought, oh, this guy's a philosophy professor. He should know, you he know, about know. this stuff. And so he I said, know better, Mike. so but instead I said uh, 1600, late 1600s. I said, oh, so sort of during the Enlightenment. And every time I say that, I know well actually Enlightenment wasn't until 1700. And he goes. No, actually, it would be the Enlightenment would be 1700s, and I go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, like, uh, <laughs> so it would be during like the modern period, like early modern, whatever. And he goes, well, yeah, and and then he said, well, you could write it about the war, and I was like, well, which war? And he's like, the Thirty Years' War, and I'm like, oh, the Thirty Years' War, which hardly anybody knows about. Yeah, it took place no in idea. the 1600s, you know, but it was this huge, important European war. Um, Is that France? Yeah, France was involved, I'm sure, and, and everybody else. From, and I, uh, I know very Bavaria. little about it. So I got and I got interested class? in the Thirty Years' War. What? The guy from... Uh, no, this is the guy from Lamentation of the Flame Princess. Well, I know, but the, really smart, in the 1600s, you know. the guy from uh, Bavaria, he, um, I believe his name... Oh, now you're going to tell us all about the Thirty uh, Years' War. Wenceslas, I think, is, is his last name. And King Wenceslas? Wenceslas, yeah. And the Feast he, of Stephen or whatever? Yeah, he was, Bavari he was like a Bavarian king Carol. or something. And King Wenceslas looked out. Yeah, and he ended up. They put his face on the um, the the Czech kroner. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, or whatever the the in the Czech Republic, whatever their money. Whatever the is money there. is there. I don't yeah, is they have a picture I don't know of this it, guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is that's, that's I, wild. Yeah, man. That's the only wild. reason I know yeah, about yeah, that is because yeah. I read a book about him last time yeah. I was there. And I don't know anything Czech about Republic. the Thirty Years' War, except there it's start all these wars that you never get taught about in America because our education sucks so bad. Like 
Like that, the thirty. Oh, you 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 find out how they started. The Thirty Years' War started when these two guys fell out a window, or they were thrown out a window. These two guys for you know, I don't know. They did some kind of heresy or something, and that was like the that's hard. That's it started on the basis of something to do with that. And then World War One. What the hell did you learn about World War One in America going yeah, to high school? Right. Or, you know, all yeah. I heard learned is Franz Ferdinand got shot, and then you know, it was the the the, the whatever he was of Austria, the president, the king, I don't know what it is. And he got shot, yeah, the prime minister of Austria. Yeah, in World War and, I. And, and like, all these guys had guns pointed at each other. All these countries were about to shoot each other, and then suddenly France Ferdinand. I have no idea what else it was right, about. Right, they didn't, I didn't learn much <laughs> <about> <laughs> like, I mean, nobody knows about World War Anyway, okay, we can talk about World War One all we want later, but yeah. What do we do? Put, put on we some we rock. Can, yeah, we can, uh, let's go into some Q&A oh, here. Wait, is it? Oh, you want to do that? Okay. Yeah, it's doing some Q and A here. Um, uh, Jason. We'll do some T and A, but since we don't have that, we have to do yeah, Q and A. Right? Yeah, right. Jason from Taiwan. He writes. Um, he's got a few questions. He uh, wants to hear anything you have to say about Nasty Hero. He loves the song. <laughs> and anything he, I have to say. Yeah, when he first heard it, he thought it was a cover. Um, the first few minutes are a different sound for Slaufeg, and he also had no idea it was from a movie until he heard it on Slaufeg Radio oh about the movie. So, uh, so uh, t- t- Mike, tell us a little I bit about Nasty anything. Hero. Man. I don't know about that Nasty Hero. Is it? Well, the song, the name of the song, I mean, that's from... Uh, this is we talked about it on Slaufeg Radio when we were talking about yeah. uh, that band uh, Hardbinger. Harbinger. Hardbinger. Yeah, remember how yeah. we were talking about this because those kids in that '80s technology house that we stayed in a couple times in Lansing, Michigan, they they kept talking about this movie called Nasty Hero. Remember that? I do. And remember when we went out to uh, we went out to breakfast at like four in the morning or something like that. Uh, and they I were that's recall. when they were talking about it and it was like it was a total hard binge i was like <laughs> was hard i was strange i don't remember that it was a night that went down in 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 tour history as a, that's the night that i acted like elvis not because <laughs> i was acting like elvis on stage or singing or dancing like elvis but because i we went to some uh diner at like four in the morning after we've been drinking a bunch which elvis liked to do and i ate some giant like steak and eggs thing and you know smoked what? I a do cigar. That. I was smoking a cigar in the diner, and they didn't care there. I guess smoking and, was still allowed. Yeah, and I was all like, ah, you know, and we were all really parched. And it was really, you know, and those kids kept asking me these questions about, uh, or not asking me, but they were talking about all these obscure metal albums, and they were like, oh yeah, you know about this album, you know? And I was like, shut up, I don't want to hear about obscure uh, or something. I was being kind of a jerk, but but um, no way, crazy. That uh, yeah, so so um. But Nasty Hero, they kept telling us about Nasty Hero, this movie. Like, you got to see this movie from the 80s called Nasty Hero. And uh, I remember Harry and I particularly thought that was so funny. I mean, it is. It's a really funny-sounding, you know, title. And so when we came back here, I found the video on, like, Amazon. I ordered it. I don't think any of you guys watched it. I might still have it. I got it on VHS for, like, you know, five bucks or something. Let's watch it, man. Let's have a, I watched it, yeah. Let's have a virtual watching party. It was terrible. I mean, it's the <laughs> stupidest movie I've ever seen. There's nothing really. It's just the name's kind of funny, you know? It's about some guy who, like, something happens with his arm, or he builds this big claw on his arm, and he, like, defends some woman or something with it, like, by, like, slashing up bad guys. Or I don't know what happened. Or maybe it's a chainsaw. I don't know. Um, 
And uh, he's defending some woman. Yeah, he's just defending some broad with his claw, a nasty hero claw. Some some dam- damsel in distress. Some, yeah, something. And um, and so uh, I thought, what a great name for a song. Remember, we were going to call the Hard Worlder album. We thought about calling it Nasty Hero because it's such a great name for a song or a record. But or not Hard Worlder, Ape, Ape Uprising is almost called that. But the song actually has a weird history because, or not a history, it has a weird coming to be, so to speak, because we did the music with Justin Phelps down here. At Hyde Street. Yeah, and then he moved to Portland, and we never got the vocals done down here. So I went up there to do the vocals and to mix the song. And to mix some other songs from Ape Uprising as well. Remember that that album was the yeah he did several. It was a split. That was a half and half, right? And Justin and Justin, Justin yeah. Weiss from Trackworks down here, and Justin Phelps here and in Portland. Yeah, Justin Phelps did like uh, the first two. Like he did like Justin Phelps Ape Uprising. did Hunchback of Notre Doom, yeah. Overborn, and Ape Uprising, and Nasty Hero. Yeah, and then the rest was Justin Weiss. Yeah. Yeah. That track works, yeah. But uh, we, you know, it was kind of cool to split it up that way. And then uh, that's that not the first album they had both worked on. Twilight of the Idols has songs, and so does Donovan the Dead Men from both of them. Uh, but Nasty Hero, I didn't have. Ly- I just, I just wrote the music. We, we, we learned it and we did it. And then I went to Portland and had nothing to say, no lyrics at all. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh crap, what am I going to do? And so I thought, Nasty Hero, yeah, okay. What's up with that? And I wrote out these lyrics about, not really about the movie, just about some nasty guy who's a hero, I guess. I don't know. And when I sang it, it sounded like incredibly 90s. Like it sounded like Stone Temple Pilots or something. And oh. I was really worried about that. And I was like, in sanctuary high. And like, <laughs> that's what it said. And we played it back and I hit this harmony that sounded exactly like Stone Temple Pilots. Like, no, we cannot use that. And he's like, well, it doesn't sound that bad. Well, yeah, you don't really want to be doing that. I was like, no, 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 no this no. is terrible. <laughs> and uh, so we, we took off that harmony and added another one and sort of redid the vocal track and made it sound 80s at least. So it is a departure. It sounds like more like an 80s pop song, I hope, not a 90s pop yeah, song. That would be the ultimate right tragedy now. right there. Yeah. This is off of the, um, the vinyl release from Iron Codex. This is IK0, IK010. This is limited to 666 copies. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I haven't really looked at this in a long time. I mean, it's got like a really cool booklet and everything. Yeah, the copy I have of that went through a fire, you know, the fire at my house. Really I, I talk about that a lot. Oh, you can't even open it because it, it got sealed. It, well, it was in your basement, in your garage after yeah, the fire, yeah, yeah. all waterlogged and stuff. So you can't open it. It's like sealed shut. The gatefold is just all that stuff there, all those booklets and stuff are sealed shut. So I just don't open it. You know. I think I, I mean, I have, I think, a bunch of these if you want another one. I, no, mean, I might. I'm, I think I might have another one, too, just in some box somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know. This was like this, um, Ape Uprising and Hardwolder. I have like a pretty yeah. good size amount of those. Vinyl. When you say that on the layer, people are going to order them. Underneath you know? some heavy. No, they're so not even uh, available. Just, they're just underneath some heavy boxes in the garage. Oh. You know, I saved like several copies. Yeah, I saved several before copies, Because when yeah. Traveler came out. I only got two copies of that, and I gave one of them to I know. I got one. Yeah. You know, How'd you I get gave, two? I, I don't know. <laughs> I got two, and I gave one Maybe of I them. Maybe I gave one away. No, I gave yeah, one Yeah, I, I gave one of them to my gave friend. Gave one to some, 
some girl I was defending, some yeah. broad, you know, some some damsel in some distress, some broad with a broad mind reading Schopenhauer, you know. Yeah. So after that, yeah. I was like, you know what? I need to keep. What do I care I for a dame? That's what you said. Right? Hey. Every hokey dame is the same. Hey, and that's I'm a, gonna have a nightclub. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was listening to Pal Joey earlier because I'm I extremely gay. Uh, I like well, 50s. Pal Joey has like all the good songs. I know we should we should we should start playing fifties musicals. How would you guys like that? Oh my god! You I get mad that we're playing hardcore. We're gonna start playing Brigadoon <laughs> and and uh, and South Pacific. You know, Bloody Mary is the girl I love. <laughs> I have like, a lot of that stuff on vinyl. Definitely gay. <laughs> but for now, we're gonna play some nasty hero. Nasty hero.
jewels in the dark. Troglodytes are curious creatures marching through reptilian realms. Tell the stench of human invaders. Feast of their limbs. Bury their hounds. Axes. Shut your limbs from the beast. Tritons. Bathe in the blood of the beast. Slaughter in this humanoid village. Females kneel and bark at my throne. Wretching in So uh, once again, Jason from Taiwan, he um, he wants he wants a behind the music on Troll Pack. <laughs> he um, he says it's pretty heavy and uh, the vocals are weird, but he says it's like a community theater production. Everything we do is like a community. Thing, like what we were just doing, <laughs> pal Joey, fiddler on the roof. You know? He says he often plays it for the curious, as it highlights how you approach fantasy themes in a way that is playful, but not attempting to be ironic or serious. Ooh, yeah! Wow, he's really yeah, listening. Real psychoanalysis there. Yeah. Well, what can what can I say? Uh, I don't know. So how old were you when you when oh, troll, when Troll Pack was going on? Troll Pack. Uh, well, I'll tell you about the game Troll Pack. Did you guys ever play it live? It's also a role playing game. Did you guys the ever supple- play Troll Pack live? Yeah, I think we tried and it didn't go so well or something. But that is down among the dead men. Uh, troll Pack. The su- the music to Troll Pack. It was a bit of a premeditated idea for a song in that once I wrote those riffs, I thought Troll Pack. Uh, uh, what that means is w- that is one of the very few riffs that was actually on sort of the Hammers of Misfortune cutting floor. Uh-huh. I wrote it. I wrote the whole song, arranged the whole song. But I came up with that riff in Hammers of Misfortune practice. And Chewy, the drummer, and Janice, of course, the bass player. Chewy, the drummer. Chewy and Janice and I played. John was doing something else, or he went to the bathroom. Or I don't know. He wasn't there yet. And we were playing. Tro- I went. I was messing around, going, uh, just the beginning riff, down, out, man, down, down, out, man. And I came up with it in Hammer's Misfortune practice, and Janice and Chewie are down, out, now, 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 and we we came up with the whole thing, and they really liked it. They're like, "This is cool." Like this, it, I remember Chewie was like, "It sounds like a Celtic circus," huh? you know. And then John came into the room and he heard us playing it, and he was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool," but I don't think it really suits the band or something. You know, I don't know. He didn't want to use it. Or we brought it up again later, and we all knew it. Doesn't go with the vibe, man. Yeah, something didn't, you know. And he's right that it wasn't really, it was more of a slough egg kind of a song. So, but we all really liked it. And I said, well, well, all right. I I love this, what we just came up with. So I'd be happy to play it in slough egg. So then I wrote the the verse. And we just, it was very easy. We put it together. So at the time, John was already playing in slough egg, right? Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. So just to get the timeline correct. So we ended up playing correct. it anyway. 1999 or something we wrote it, and then 2000. Yeah, so, so you played in Hammers before John joined Slaufeg? Yes. At the time, it was Unholy Cadaver still. It was right? Unholy Cadaver, and then, yeah, I don't remember if it became Hammers of Misfortune, if he was in Slaufeg yet or not. John came in playing bass because Scott Beach was our bass player for Twilight of the Idols. Right. And then when that came out, Scott had to move for some job he got or some job his wife got. I don't know what happened. He had to leave town in a hurry. Yeah, no, wasn't that. <laughs> he went to Colorado. <laughs> and I just talked to him recently. And um, What's he up to, man? He's like buying houses and selling them and turning them over and stuff. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, he did pretty good. Uh, but, you know, we, uh, last night, actually, Dave Passmore, the original drummer who yeah. was on the Altoona thing we played last time, called me and said, do you want to do a Bone Meal reunion with <laughs> Scott Beach? Bone Meal was the band before Slaufeg that three of the members of the original Slaufeg, Omar and Dave and myself, have been in. And then Scott was in it, too, and eventually he was in. He was on Twilight of the Idol. Really? So all three of those, Scott and Dave Passmore and Omar Heard and myself, were in Bone Meal. And then uh, Dave and I decided, and Omar decided to start Slaufeg. Uh, we got another singer after Omar, but then uh, in, in Bone Meal, but then whatever. Anyway, they want to do a Bone Meal reunion in sometime in Pennsylvania or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so. You guys should do that and, like, do a whole promotional campaign and then do the show at, like, the worst dive bar ever. Well, or we could just, like, in Pennsylvania. have them come out here and we'll record right here in this room. A Bone Meal. A Bone Meal 7-inch. And you can engineer it for... Uh, or a six pack. No. Put it out of no, my. No, 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 no. Put it out a, of my oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, wait. So troll pack. That's just one half of the troll pack story. That's how we wrote it, right? And so we wrote it. We did it. But then, this is an interesting tie-in to the next thing we're going to play, because a friend of mine named Josh Smith, who happened to be in the Champs, um, I was talking to him around that time. He was in a band called Weakling, which is a uh, became a bit of a cult legend, a black oh, yeah. metal band in San Francisco. For sure. But Josh was in Weakling. I was in Slaufeg and Hammers. And we were, and he was also in the champs or the fucking champs. They begin to be called. Uh, so, and we're going to play them in a minute. But uh, Josh Smith and I were talking about this game that nobody else seemed to know about called Troll Pack, which was a supplement for a, a role-playing game. It was uh, contemporary with D and D and Traveler and stuff, and some. It was a little bit later than that called Rune Quest. <laughs> you ever heard of Rune oh, Rune, Rune Quest? Rune, 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 Rune Quest. Actually, it was it was around pretty far back. I think. Maybe even in the late '70s, definitely in the, the early '80s, RuneQuest, and it was just a, it was a more advanced type of D and D game where they had like hit location and all these like complex rules of combat, hmm. and uh, you go questing after runes. I, I never really played RuneQuest, but RuneQuest put out uh, a, a game supplement called Troll Pack when I was in a about game eighth supplement. grade or seventh grade, right? Meaning it was called Troll Pack, and I remember my cousin, who was quite older than me, I went to visit my uncle and my cousin, and he had a troll pack, and it had a big, cool picture of a troll in the front, and in the game, you get to be, the, your character is a troll. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, in, the, in the supplement for RuneQuest called Troll Pack, you're, you roll up a character, but you're a troll living in a pack in this, in this cave, and so you're, you, you do, you know, in D&D, you're, like you're like a magic user <laughs> oh or a fighter. God. Well, in Troll Pack, your character's you're a, troll, a troll, and you yeah. run around trying to kill people and eat them or something <laughs> or whatever, or going fee fi fo fum. You had a lot whatever. of time on your hands, didn't you? When? <laughs> playing, like, all these role-playing games and oh, stuff. Oh, wait, I was in, like, eighth grade or seventh grade. I don't even have any time on my hands. You had a lot of time on your hands. 
Not real. Well, who doesn't in seventh grade? I mean, I was playing football. I was I was yeah, in school. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and I was know. playing D and D too. Yeah. Didn't Crazy. Who, what are you doing? So, so so anyway, troll. So that was troll. And Josh knew about that. Oh, you remember Troll Pack? And he's like, yeah. And we we're like, oh man. So what about that? And he, and he, I remember he said, oh, that's like the most black metal concept ever. Like Troll Pack. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Of course, we're not a black metal band, but so I decided to write the lyrics to that that weird song that Hammer's Misfortune wanted Slaufeg to do instead, and and I said, well, I'm going to do a song called Troll Pack, and he's like, really? Yeah, yeah. And I, so I so we did Troll Pack, yeah, and that was that. That's pretty funny. But anyway, man. that was the um, that was the version we heard on Doom the vinyl, Planet. the Doom Planet Records with that awesome collage on the back of us. Oh like, my god, it's hilarious! Yeah, it's ridiculous. When the guy did that, I was like, I, I actually complained about it. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, the the whole band collage thing is pretty funny. This well, is um, uh, copy number three ninety five out of five hundred. Has pictures of me standing in front of my parents' house with like the Mazda hatchback there. Yeah, yeah. yeah Remember exactly. we talked about last yeah. time? We talked about that. What car were you driving that summer? Totally. There, that's, that's it. Right that's there. That's the car. Look at the, me. I look like some. some I look like I'm on a like a like a like an advertisement for like troubled teenagers or something. You know. Does the Does the CD have the same collage? No, on the no, back? no. You know how that happened. Rob, my good friend Rob, you know, put out the Twilight of the Idols vinyl, and he decided to put out the Down Among the Dead Men vinyl. And we were like, yeah, okay, good. And he got, you know, he had to talk to Dragonheart Records at that point as we were assigned to them. And I get, he said, well, the guy who's designing the cover wants to put a collage on the back, kind of like you do, you know, you see a lot of those famous like double live records of the Scorpions or whatever, or Iron Maiden. They're all like, right. And so they always have, you know, they have great live photos on there, but then they also have some weird pictures of like, you know, Klaus Meine, like. Like uh, with a Japanese with a kimono on with like a cigar in his mouth or you yeah, know yeah, Steve yeah. Harris swimming in a pool with a, with a stupid hat on or whatever you know yeah or standing and in front of like some you know tourist place yeah yeah so I thought well okay how about some weird pictures like that of us doing silly you know some silly and so what I told Rob when he when he was going to send it to the guy to to do the collage I said this uh, maybe it was my fault I misspoke like. I wanted him to put the live, give him some live photos like that, but I also said, make sure he puts the weird, funky ones on there, too. So look what he did. He put almost all just the weird ones. Seemed like a good idea at the time. No, I did, but then when I got it, I was like, oh, no, man. He's like, it's too late. You can't read it. I was like, this is cheesy. Like, I mean, there's like, oh, my God. There's a couple live photos, and they're from, like, really small places in, like, England and stuff. where's that from? Okay, that's a good that's a good one actually because that's actually uh, in Golden Gate Park. I is know. it really? Is that that cross is still there somewhere? I don't know. What, I don't I, know, man. I mean, I haven't. It's hidden pretty well. I get it, it's got to still be there. Really, it's in Golden Gate Park. Yeah, it's a Celtic cross. Wow, it, that's where that is. Oh no, 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 wait, no, wait, wait, no, not Golden Gate Park. It's in it's in it's in the Presidio. Yeah, you would know that. It's it's I, not I, in Golden Gate Park, but it's in it's in um that area by like the Legion of. Oh, the Legion of Honor, Legion of somewhere Honor. Yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. where they have all the weird. Okay, next to the golf course. Yeah, it's not actually in Golden Gate Park. No, that's not. Uh, the Celtic Cross is somewhere in this city up there by the golf course. Okay, yeah. okay. And uh, or near the, you know, the Presidio is right there. Yeah, next. yeah. I'm not sure if it's in the Presidio or the Legion. Of and that's Stu Kane on drums there. That's from 1994. That's a real old picture. Justin Phelps, Stu Kane, uh, you know, on drums, and Chris Hay and myself, and we look like a total like. I don't know what we look like. Band photo. Total band photo, yeah. But that's a good one. You should have stuff like that. You know, and there's some live stuff with me in war paint. But then there's that picture of me and John and Dan Cobbett sitting in a tent at Vakken Festival with Greg sleeping. Greg like passed sleeping, out during yeah. the day right there in front of yep. us. That's ridiculous. And there's another picture of like John and uh, Moz from Solstice and Greg standing in, in like 
Germany sightseeing, standing in front of some weird thing that looks really... There's I like a, the sightseeing pictures. There's a picture of me standing in Dolores Park that my ex-girlfriend took that looks like just some suburban weirdos. There's a picture of Alan Horrocks and myself in... Like, okay, that... There's a picture of Alan Which Horrocks and myself in... 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 Uh, oh in suits. When we were, like, 25 at our That's friend's like wedding in, like, hair. Philadelphia. Like, what the hell is that I've doing on there? I've never seen Alan with long hair. Alan and me standing in suits at our friend's wedding in Philadelphia on the back of the Down Among the Dead. <laughs> I've never known Alan And there's a picture of me hair. with my Slurpee on top of the car in, in, like, 1990. And then Greg and Scott and I sitting reading books in front of a dumpster. Right. And just all this really hokey stuff. And then that, that picture of me right there looking like I'm trying to look like you know, Phil Lynott or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sev- I got several of those. It's probably not very interesting for you listeners to be hearing all of this because uh, you can't, can't see, see the it. pictures. But maybe we'll put a photo of this up or something, or you can go out and buy this rare. Oh, the picture of me and Justin Fell standing in front of a picture of a piece of graffiti. I have the smoking, artwork s- for He's smoking this. a cigarette. I'm eating like a like a. I'm eating like a frozen burrito. Like what the hell? I wonder if I can attach a picture of that stuff we're talking about to the podcast maybe I, you can I, i'll try i'll try these days with technology the way it is man the sky's the limit the sky's the you limit. can do anything but you know i still don't understand this whole um so the way we're doing this podcast we're actually hosting it ourselves and we're not we paying, yeah we're not paying <laughs> anybody to host it oh that's right yeah because because <laughs> i'm too cheap to pay for it but so many of these podcast hosting sites you know they're like oh for f- we'll give you um you could host your podcast for free but you only get to host like 10 minutes a what month do you mean host it like someone's going to come on and go hey like no, no um yeah yeah they have commercials they put commercials oh, in their oh yeah well the commercials yeah. then shouldn't we get shouldn't somebody what i don't well, know well no because if they're hosting your podcast yeah, for then free you commercial, yeah. then they put commercials but for free why would we want somebody to host this they be, the they whole only, point is that we host they only give it, a hostess they only give the you 10 minutes a month for free and if your podcast goes for like half an hour, then they charge you like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, and, well, you know, and right now, you know, we're doing like two hours at a time. Yeah, I don't need and to do so that. Yeah, man. so I'm like, screw that. There's no way I'm going to pay for that. So no, I had to figure out certainly not, how, yeah. to, um, how to do it for free from our own domain and creating an RSS feed, which is what we're doing. And, okay. Um, but we're trying. I'm trying to. I'll, I'll try and figure out how I can incorporate a photo yeah. into the podcast. So when somebody plays it on their phone, they can be like, "Well, there's this picture of this weird stuff that Mike's talking about." Yeah, I mean, it was amazing what they can do with technology. You know, when we used to, when we made this record, you know, we made it on those big uh, reel-to-reel tapes. Technology. You, you could stop that tape anywhere during the song. And you could be like, "Oh, I want to hear that. What's that part with the drums?" And you could stop it anywhere during the song and hear it again. It's incredible what they used to be able to do with tapes. High tech, you know? bro. Yeah. Well, speaking, of, uh, <laughs> speaking of high tech. No, I just said that because some guy came into the studio to visit us in there once, this friend of mine. And he goes, so you could stop that tape anywhere during the song? And we were like, yeah. And he goes, oh, man. And I was like, <laughs> dude, it's like your cassette player at home. I don't know, whatever. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, play the champ. Or do you have something? Do you, no, oh, gonna, you want to say we're something? We're gonna segue now into the uh, to the locals. Um, lo- to the local singles. Uh, yeah, scene local uh, local on bands. Okay, Cupid. Yeah, local Cupid scene. Here I keep trying to go into a Bay distance area. date, man. It's not working. Yeah, didn't I told work you this time again. I never got out, dude. Girl, you gotta, you know, I want to go like six feet away. Trying. You know what I mean? You gotta. And keep I'm trying. like, baby, I can reach that far. You know. Anyway. But um. <laughs> 
get out my hefty two ply and just like you know duct tape around that thing and <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna merge into the local segment here. Get the shower curtain this out. Is, um, so this is the champs. They they for some reason yeah, changed their name. Stone Vengeance. Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not the champs. It's Stone Vengeance with brains, balls, and blood. Yeah. Anthony fixture, Starks on vocals. Yeah. A fixture in the San Francisco scene for years. Yeah. Stone Vengeance.
champs. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff's cool, man. By that point, they were called the fucking champs because I think they got a scary phone call from that 60s band called the champs or something, or I don't know what happened. Well, like, you know, like, we're going to come kick your ass. No. Like uh, like uh, some 70-year-old guy. No, like like uh, some contractual. Thing. I don't know. You know that band, The Champs? They were like a 60s kind of like uh, surf band. But you don't know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Yeah, they're, anyway, they're, so they, um, I think that was uh, that was Josh Smith, uh, Tim Green, and Tim Sodi on drums. But they but Tim Sodi was a guitar player, too, so... Sometimes he would jump out from his drum stool and and uh, jump right out and play three part harmonies like that. It's pretty pretty hot stuff. That's pretty good stuff, pretty man. Pretty rad. And then Stone Vengeance. That's I was saying before the we played it. That's uh, Anthony Starks on vocals. Usually Mike Coffey's a vocalist, but the bass player Anthony Starks sang that one. Brains, balls, and blood. That was uh, Stone Vengeance, Brokus Helm, and Slaufeg were the original Metal Rendezvous show. The Metal Rendezvous. Metal Rendezvous, which of course is the name of a Crocus album, or a, no, wait. Is it Crocus? Who wrote, wait, what, I see, this is what I'm going to get in trouble for my lack of metal cred. Uh, metal Rendezvous is an album, okay, I, I'm just going to stop short here before I, uh, before I say There's something a, stupid. I have a VHS Who did the tape. album called Metal Rendezvous? Yeah. I have a VHS tape that says Metal Rendezvous on it. Of us. Yeah. I think so. No, yeah, yeah. We did it called Metal Rendezvous. Why am I having trouble remembering who did Metal Rendezvous? Was it Crocus? No, it wasn't Crocus, was it? it was, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, I mean, a, good, a, good name, a good name for a, uh, you know, a gig back then in the late 90s when metal was so out. It was in around 97, I think. And uh, we did uh, Slaufeg and this guy, Scott Rutenberg, who was a booking agent guy at, uh, back in clubs, he used to have booking agents. Um, uh, the Cocodry in North Beach, I think. And he'd booked a bunch of places. And he said, he said, why don't we call it Metal Rendezvous? Because he was an 80s metalhead. And then he said, uh, I got broke as helm through some, and I had not heard them yet. I'd never heard their actual uh, records. I just heard about them. So they just showed up, and they were, it was Bob Wright and Jim Schumacher. But then he said, what about Stone Vengeance? I didn't know who Stone Vengeance was. They're this kind of thrashy kind of true metal band from like Hunter's Point, you know. Uh, you got to get them out here and, so we did, and we were pretty blown away by them. Blown uh, away, man. Yeah, uh, Metal Rendezvous. Anyway. Speaking yeah. of, uh, you know, being local type. Blown away. Well, being blown away. Actually, uh, kind of on a more somber bro. note, I don't know if you've heard that um, Scott Alcoholicost has cancer. Yes, I have heard that. And he's yeah. got a uh, GoFundMe. Page. Yes, he does have a GoFundMe. He's got he's a Scott GoFundMe. Scott Rogers, Scott Alcoholicost. Yeah. yeah Scott Do you have the info on that? Um, I don't, but I know if you just. Search for Scott Alcoholicost GoFundMe. Yeah, he, he definitely comes needs right bucks. Up. And he's, he's, a, he's been a, a, um, a promoter in the Bay Area for many, many years. Helped us out a lot. Yeah, and he's done a lot, a lot of good stuff for us. He helped everybody out a lot. Now he's, he's, he's got, he's, he's He sick, was the so. promoter when Slaufeg played with Manila Road in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So And many, know. many other shows. Yeah, so if anybody out there um, has a... Uh, you know, a spare PayPal buck or two to donate to a uh, a really good guy who's done a lot for the metal scene yeah, in yeah, the Bay Area. Yeah, a lot for, for the whole music scene in the Bay Area, especially yeah. underground stuff, metal and hardcore and punk and, and yeah, other stuff, too. He's been doing too. stuff for years, man. For yeah, years. Yeah, and then right now, of course, he's he's out of work completely because yeah, cause there's, there's no gigs. There's so, no yeah. gigs at all, and he's got cancer, so he's got, like, yeah, you yeah, know, it's really rough. quadruple really rough. the terribleness of all of this uh, COVID-19 yeah, so if you can, stuff. Uh, yeah, 
check that out and yeah, maybe if you, help them if out. You if you can, can yeah, yeah, help Scott Rogers, Scott Alcoholic Cost GoFundMe page. It's uh, it's a very worthy cause to support uh, the Bay Area rock scene. Right. Yeah, he's he's a legend at this point in time. I mean, I remember, yeah. um, I remember seeing. When I first moved to the Bay Area, I remember seeing his name like in you know flyers and stuff, and then yeah, I um, saw his name on stuff before I actually met him. I think yeah, yeah. and then when the first time that Slaufeg played at some bar in San Francisco and his name was on there, and I was the like, first sweet, time you were in the band, yeah, yeah. yeah. From when I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. when I first joined the band, yeah, I was yeah. like, sweet man, you know, this is like this is gonna be a big show because it's. Just, Scott and like, and like eight show. people showed up. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I probably no. Nah, it was probably pretty good if Scott set it up. It was probably good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, um, yeah. but you know, so there's a shout out for that. But you know, if uh, we're doing um, any type of local band thing, we can't uh, we we can't do any Bay Area local band without doing Broca's Helm. This is this is Hell's Whip. <laughs>
right, so that was another uh, local band. That was a local band called Chief Tail. Um, song is called Stevie Dicks. Stevie Dicks. Stevie uh. Dicks, yeah. So um, uh. Chief Tail is a band that's uh, right down the hall from us in the building where oh we rehearse. God, that is. That is. Uh, yeah, the the guys that play in that band are really bunch of cool. Reprobates. This is uh, released okay. in 2020 on Reptilian Records, and so this is another um, this is another band that kind of you know put out their album right before the coronavirus. Oh, hit. they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they literally like put their album out in like February or something. Did it fall dead from the presses because of yeah. the coronavirus <laughs> or whatever? Yeah, you can't tour to support it. That sucks. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so I've been telling them just to send it out to all the different. You know, uh, websites and zines and send stuff it out like to that. all like the emo crust zines that there are out there that'll come. You know, review it, man. Like all the. Uh, I mean, I feel bad for bands like that. Like you know, they, you know, work so well, hard yeah, no, to yeah, put yeah, out an yeah, album. Yeah. If they had a tour, well, yeah, <laughs> we weren't exactly that band, but we had, you know, five gigs. Uh, coming up for fly gigs, fly gigs, fly gigs. They're pretty fly gigs, yeah. Yeah, we're and they were flying gigs too, yeah. And they were oh, and they were uh, um, yeah. You know, our record came out last year, but still, I guess yeah, we got to tour right as our record came out, so we got to do that at least. But but hey, but we didn't get to we didn't get to go to Europe and stuff this year. So oh wait, did we not go to Europe after the album came out? We did not. No, yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't do any European shows. Not at all. Yeah, that sucks. So we had to go yeah. out and do new. Well, we, d- d- please remember New Organon still. Uh, by the time when COVID nineteen <laughs> stops, <laughs> so we can go out. You know, think of it as like, oh, it's just another Slough Fig album. They have like ten of them. You know, just no, it's still our new record because all this time is like. It's just like lost, you know. So we're like, no, it's still, you know, it still picks maybe up. Maybe we fresh. should play more songs off of it. Yeah, everybody already. Well, maybe. Yeah. We're only playing two hey, songs, hey, two hey, songs no, off hey, of that hey, album, hey. you know. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Yeah, when uh, when it comes time to have band practice and get everything uh, going again, you know. And then we'll have a live stream of us playing the songs down here, you know. And I hope so, man. You yeah. know, I, I'm itching to uh, play Itching more. to rock, yes, I'm itching to play with other people than myself. I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. Same I've, here. Yeah, I've been I know, as we were saying, I'm itching to play with other people besides myself, too, because, yeah. they, I mean, we're COVID-19 is not the best situation for, like, single people who want to go on dates, you know? I happen to be one of them. And uh, my love life hasn't been too great. And... Uh, uh, <laughs> when I'm trying to, you know, meet somebody, there's nowhere to meet them. And well, the ladies listening. On, like the ladies, yeah. Then what ladies are there in San Francisco <laughs> anyway? You go down, you know, you try to like the local get ladies on the, on the internet dating, you know, which is something I didn't do for a long time, and I finally broke down and did it with, the, like everybody, with disastrous results. And uh, but now, what are you gonna do? You know, it's all virtual, weird, like. Like I was saying, you know, you got to like do some really weird stuff, like wrap yourself in cellophane and try to see if you can get something out of that. You, you know? should put on your profile that you're fetish friendly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really though. No. Well, I, I have nothing. I don't have any problem with it. But well, remember your ex girlfriend. Remember what was it? Wait. Yeah. So uh, uh, funny COVID, thing. What, no. What were they called? Whipcraft. Whipcraft. Yeah. That. See, that was the problem with. Fetish. Oh my god, we should play some whipcraft. Oh well, yeah, show. sure. Yeah, it's all a big put on. 
That didn't seem real it's at all. She was just like whipping these chicks. And in you know. front. Yeah, it was a put on. It's yeah. a put on. <laughs> it was a put on. Literally, it was a strap on. It was a, <laughs> it was a put on. Oh, so, man. no, but in that, okay, that's my problem. Now, I, I have to say this, man, about sadomasochism say it, and all man. that nasty stuff. It's bullshit most of the time because I used to have a girlfriend a long time ago. Period. Now, I used to have a girlfriend a long time ago who, who said, like, well, I know you wouldn't be into this. I mean, I was, like, in my late 20s. So I'm not even going to ask you if you want to do stuff with, like, handcuffs, handcuffs and handcuffs, handcuffs and chains. And oh, my God. So and I, I was like, no, that's the problem. It wasn't. Because I said, well, no. Because it sounds very metal, but it's phony. Because a lot of people do that stuff. And they, oh, you remember? Whipcraft. You know, like, oh, I'm going to whip you now. Uh, like, that's not sad. Okay. I do understand the relationship between sadism and sex. Like, you, you know. But it's not real unless you're actually like hurting somebody, which I don't want to do. I'll never, I'll, I'm never going to do that, you know. I mean, well, I'm not, I don't like hurting people, you know what I mean? But I could see how it'd be sexual to like, you know, do these things, you know, like really gnarly things. But the thing is, for a sadist, like you're, you're supposed to, I suppose, a sadist is supposed to be like a predator, is supposed to actually enjoy inflicting pain. Now, if the other person is just play acting, going, oh, hurt me, hurt me, then. You know, I don't see how a true sadist could get off when the other person wants them to do it to them. The whole point is to dominate somebody who doesn't want to be dominated, to control someone and enslave someone who doesn't want it. That's the sexy part, right? But th this little like, oh, I went to San Francisco and went to a club and I got whipped by this little, you know, and then went to my nine to five job. Like, what do you? Yeah, I put on a mask and then somebody, yeah, there's nothing, somebody there's nothing like sexy whoosh, about whoosh, that. Whoosh. That's a bunch of bullshit, you know. So, whatever. You really want to get into sadomasochism and like go full on like caveman, you know drag you back by the hair to my cave. Yeah, that could be pretty sexy, but no one wants to do that, do they? I don't think so. It's not a good idea, you know. It's, people get hurt. That's why you Mike know? is on OK Cupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Mike is not getting any. No, I went on I went on there, you know, it's all distance dating. Uh, I, sorry, I can't drag you back to my cave by the hair and uh, distance dating, you know. <laughs> distance dating, you know. What are you distance, supposed to do? Distance distance dating. Go blow out the the uh, the candles on your birthday cake or something i don't know what it is so all right so uh, once again this is uh <laughs> this has been you gonna edit that all out no my, man i'm gonna keep it all in keep it all in nothing about it all i like to keep it I in used to go out with girls who are into that stuff they went down to bondage a go-go and all you know remember that yeah over at the cat club yeah yeah, yeah. no the cat club well oh yeah originally it was at the trocadero originally yeah uh, that was before my time yeah yeah and and i saw guys in there getting their balls like like uh i knew a guy who got it they they said, oh yeah, well, you know, go on stage. We're gonna like CBT. What do they call it? They take your nuts and they CBT cock and, and ball uh, torture. And they uh, and they uh, yeah. nail it into a piece of wood. But it's also bullshit because they're not nailing his balls. That would be that would be, I mean, that would kill you or something. You know? No, they just take like you know. They're it's just very yeah. gentle torture. Yeah, gentle torture. Yeah. yeah. It's the gentle torture. Torture light. Yeah. The gentle. You still go to work the next day. There's no blood. I mean, what is that? You know? Did you ever see the Jenna tortures? No. No, I, I saw them. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. I like them. Gentle yeah. torture. <laughs> Jenna tortures. Okay. I'll uh, dig up some of their stuff and maybe play it on the next one. But uh, lovely. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this has Imagine been Slapback Radio. Imagine what's going on inside this room, though. The season kind of nasty nine parties that happen down here. Season or one nasty party. Yeah. Season one, episode nine of Slapback Radio. Once again, always keep your pen and paper handy because you never know what. Uh, and keep reaching for the stars. Keep reaching for the, the stars. Casey Keep uh, staying stay home until the um, governor tells you it's okay to go outside. 
Um, we're in quarantine. Listen to Big Brother. Yeah. Listen to Big Brother. We're in quarantine. We're wearing masks. We're practicing social distancing, staying six feet apart. Yep. And, uh, and we still hope practicing genital, genital torture or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we, hope that you're doing the, yeah. we hope that you're doing yeah. the same. Um, Just the sound of your voice tortures my genitals, you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we're going to close out <laughs> with some, uh, some more Ape Uprising stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. And once again, if you want to have Take your... You want to have your um, record reviewed and or listened to on Slapfag Radio? Send to PO Box one nine one three zero one, San Francisco, California, zip code nine four one one nine. Lord Weird Slapfag is accepting submissions. <laughs>
Love!